Blog Talk Radio. Totally ruined his career. He's totally, he's like, he looks like a fucking asshole. Hello and welcome to www.propaganda.earth. I'm your host, the Propaganda Hitman, and today we have a very exciting show to share with you. Nothing that hardcore. <sighs> so, John McCain is the source of this. He's in a nursing home. He needs one. John McCain needs a nursing home? Yes. I think he needs to volunteer as the first senator to be sent to the dark side of the freaking moon and then be left in a tiger cage by the, by the uh, Koreans, the Japanese, the, maybe the Vietnamese or something. Let, let him start doing inspections of tiger cages. Just stick him in a nursing home already, please. I can't take it. Just stick him in one. He's horrible. Look at him. He looks like a walking corpse. It's just the old people of... Arizona vote him back and back because it makes them feel like they're they can grow old together with him, and maybe he can get a special dispensation to vote the Senate confirmations and votes and so forth from his uh, luxury nursing home suite, and he can get a special permits to have 24-hour visitation from Lindsey Graham. So it seems that this, all this conflated story about, and, and I'm seeing Donald capitulating because the pressure is so enormous until he gets, he's got so many important things to do, right? He's got uh, 90% of his cabinet picked. He's got to get him through confirmation and this background nonsense when Ambassador Mary stated, Craig Mary stated categorically, British Ambassador Craig Mary stated categorically, he is the source of the delivery of the documents to WikiLeaks, and it was a jump drive he picked up in a park at night uh, near American University. So it doesn't matter that he has stated this. doesn't matter. I believe he was on Sean Hannity. doesn't matter because the news media either doesn't watch Hannity or they don't want to give Hannity credit or it doesn't fit their degenerate narrative of doing everything in their power to discredit Donald, the DJT. So Donald is saying, oh, well, maybe, who knows, it could be. Now, actually, it's not 16 agencies to begin with. Never forget that every one of these agencies are political operations. While they're supposed to serve the Constitution... They all come up with this real ego stuff where we are put into office at the pleasure of the president. So you know this is all a political hatchet job. And it's all going to be over very quickly when Donald fires every last head and he goes two, three levels deep 
And that's not going to start immediately. First, he puts his own people in. And then they go on their uh, snipe hunt through the upper echelons of the different secrecy organizations and start cleaning house to get out of to get these Obama sympathizers with their new world order globalist agendas. So good things are coming and then we learn that the Russians have top secret information that could completely discredit and leave Donald Trump open to blackmail. And then the story gets out that Donald was in Russia with these beautiful women, and they were urinating yeah, on Donald him. Has a, he's like Howard Hughes, he has that phobia. And Donald it's said, well, you know, this is so incredible <laughs> because I wouldn't go anywhere internationally and think that anything that I do is safe. In fact, when I was traveling to Russia with the Miss Universe pageant contest, which he said, oh, it was really great. It went so Very well. Successful. Very successful, very successful, Miss Universe in Moscow. But he said, I warned all of my staff, I warned all the players that you need to be on your best behavior because, A, you represent Miss Universe, and number two, every single square inch of wherever you go, including your hotel rooms, bathrooms, closets, are bugged. And he said, you won't even know what these bugs look like because these cameras are so tiny, you won't even notice them. So then we're supposed to believe that Donald, there's video of Donald being urinated on. And as if, even if it were true, Donald doesn't play blackmail games. And number two, it's not true. Donald, by all measure is a gentleman. He would be a modern-day member of King Arthur's court, or King Arthur himself. He is a very rare find. And sooner or later, the American people are going to figure out how close we came to the end of America, to the fall of the Republic, and how all this attack on Donald is really an attack on the patriot, the middle America, the all-American, mom and apple pie, home and country and gun, all the people that make this country great in what it is and not the freak show that it has been for a long time and become. When we listen to Meryl Streep find a tear to come out of her eye and her concern about how horrible Donald Trump is, this woman wouldn't know values and integrity if her mother's life was on the line. This is the same woman that accepted in absentia a Screen Actors Guild Award, an Academy uh, not, uh, Award to, now I'm forgetting his name, the film director who statute, did statutory rape against Natasha Kinski when she was 13 years old. I'll think of his name. And this is the, the human being that Meryl Streep picked up the, not, the award for on his behalf. A man 
who had a sexual relationship with a 13-year-old girl. Czech president says what? Czech president, we do not want Muslims because they refuse to integrate. That's a pretty simple statement. But if an American were to say that, or an American president, say that he would be a bigot, a racist, a homophobe, a xenophobe, and everything else, because liberalism is a mental disorder. It has become an insidious, parasite, mental virus that has been running amok on our college campuses since the 1960s, but it's finally gotten a true foothold into the next generation. We, we, we heard Barack on his farewell speech last night. He referred to himself either 78 times or 80 times, but here's a song we'd like to dedicate to him. We want to we all cry. We want to say bye-bye. Bye-bye, Barack. As I stand here, I, I'm, I've got tears in my eyes to see you go. Of a presidency gone by. Of an Obamacare that died. And the moving trucks have arrived. To say goodbye to the White House. Goodbye. So happy to see you go. Can't stump the Trump. Can't stump the Trump. Internet goes ballistic as Donald Trump tells CNN. (laughs) You are fake news. And the guy wanted to ask a question. He said no. 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 He said no. Sit down. You're rude. And he was so. And he was. You're rude. You're fake news. You're rude. Guess what? We're all going to learn a big lesson that this news media that thinks that they're the royalty of media and that the president has an obligation. president doesn't have any obligation to answer any questions to the media. It's the media's job to do their homework. Instead of sit there like homeless people in a soup kitchen, all waiting pointing to their mouth and say, feed me. What should I say? I'm a political hack. Remember? Remember? Here are the questions, Hillary. Hey, can you give us a story? Give us a scoop. Spill the beans on somebody. But boy, oh boy, did this administration like to prosecute whistleblowers. Go after the media that was reporting whistleblower stories. Barack was the the worst. 
See, he's King Barack, and he thought he was entitled to get a free pass from the media. This is a guy that's not an American. He already got a free pass from the media. And I only pray to Hashem, to GD, and DJT while we're at it, that he investigates everything, that he investigates every element of the CIA and how this phony CIA, John Brennan, I pray to Islam, I swear in as the head of the CIA on a stack of Korans and not Bibles. That shit, that shit, this guy should never have been approved. The fact that a McCain and a Lindsey Graham would have ever approved John Brennan is beyond my comprehension. But thank God there's DJT. And as long as I have a breath in me, I will never again go back to sleep and think that I can rely upon other people to do the vetting and do the job. Never going to happen again. Never go back to sleep. How about one song? How about let's... How about... Did you want to hear Tim Kaine asking... Barbara O'Reilly. Barbara O'Reilly. I can't. I can't do this. That's the song. I'm going to tell you something. We will not get fooled again. We will never be fooled by these liars in the media, by these phonies phonies that are supposed to be keeping us safe. These phonies in Operation Mockingbird. No, they are... talk about, hold on, they talk about nepotism with Donald Trump's son-in-law. What about a 93 Hillary White House job? That's not nepotism? She had a job in the White House? What bullshit? This is to all the barely employed Americans who have relied upon their leaders to look after their interests, only to figure out that their leaders have been sucking the penis of globalism for decades. And the goal of globalism is to bring America down to a second world. Use our military to die for them. Use our military to fight for their trade deals. Use our military for gunboat diplomacy. This is who spoke up. Our sick military. Our sick politicians.
Come on, Hillary. Come on, Barack. It's only the rubble. America wasteland. You laid us to waste. Billy, take my hand. We gotta go to a new foreign land. The exodus is here. It's time for all the Dems to leave. The big mouth. That goes out to you, John McCain. Pick out your retirement home before you get much older. So I have some news that will make you happy. We don't get fooled again. I have news. Yep, we aren't getting fooled again. Um, Donald, if this is true, if Donald Trump is pulling... Um, Six networks, White House press passes. Can only pray. Yeah, I pray this is true. I can only pray. Okay, and those I'm going to name the six of them. We all know CNN. Great. NBC. Wonderful. ABC. Wonderful. MSNBC. Couldn't happen to better people. New York Times. Wonderful. And Univision. Univision. Great. Yep. So CBS stays there. The Washington Post, for now, stays in there. Great. Yep. The Hill. Yeah, he should pull them. Washington Times. They stay. They're disgusting. You're absolutely right. ABC, NBC, CNBC. He's nobody's fool. I have something. Did everyone know this? I have a couple of things I want to cover and then let you take it away. I thought it was terrific when CNN. When the guy uh, stood up giving. And the guy from, what's the blog that actually printed all that crap? Oh, Buzz. BuzzFeed. Yeah, I think they suck. Excuse and, my language. And BuzzFeed comes out, and and they want to ask questions. We want follow-up on this. You, no, it's CNN, and Donald anything. told them, sit down, you're rude. And he was so rude, so rude. We're not giving you any questions. No, and That's he said, all. we're not. And now, they're, they're a free press. Doesn't mean it's a free ride. No, There's nothing exactly. in the term Donald free press means free ride. They don't have to be led into any Hit any me, Silky. Room. Hit me, Silky. Right. I have something to say. Um, you should see you should see wheels of steel right now. She's got her hands up in the air. Okay, come on, Florida. I have I have something breaking, and I don't know if everybody knew this. Florida airport murderer. I say murderer. They call me shooter. Was yeah, converted. Mass murderer. Yeah, mass murderer was converted to uh, Islam. Called himself A A S H I Q. Us. Fuck. H-A-M-M-A-D. Hamad. Before he even joined the U.S. Army. And this is the vetting the U.S. Army does. <laughs> Are we kidding? They got a guy who converts to Islam. And then they're going to train him to be our mass murderer. That's how fucked up our politicians are. Now, here's something Putin said yesterday. Putin says if he could hack our election, he would have saved the U.S. from Obama. Oh, I agree. (laughs) If he had hacked us, we could have saved the world from a bullshit Nobel Prize for peace. 
bullshit Nobel Prize for Peace. Then he goes ahead and he fights 26,000 bombs in one year. In 2016, 26,000 bombs is... Guy dropped. Troops in Syria, troops in Iraq, troops in Libya, troops in Afghanistan. You call that peace? The whole Nobel Prize for Peace is a disgrace. It's, well, he probably made it up for himself. I don't even know. Like, he made that last medal he just got. Here's something now. Um, this is other news. Oh, Vol- you mean the one he gave himself? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Volkswagen pleads guilty to criminal charges, agrees to pay record $4.3 billion in emissions cheating scandal. That's big. It's very important. Yep. And we're very fortunate that the money isn't going to be paid yet, that by the time Barack leaves, the money will be paid, or that would have found its way into a Saudi bank account with the name Barack Hussein Obama on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Talking about him. Um, Israel, okay, um, the Rockville Woodmont Country Club are putting a halt to former plans that would have given this soon-to-be former president a club membership free of charge. I don't know and, why free of charge. And they're going to do it free. Yeah, but here's why. Now they're saying because of his administration tense relationship with Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Not- Netanyahu, Barack Obama may be re- rejected from the exclusive Maryland so. Golf Club. Let's hope so. Obama's UN decision Coupled with this speech given by jackass himself, horseface John Kerry, was seen by members of the Jewish community as malicious towards sure Israel. Vulgar. Malicious and vulgar. Now, I want to play something, and then I have to say, I have to say what Lou dot. Hold on, let me get rid of this because I try to <laughs> bear with me, and then I get it. Hold on, one minute. Do you want to start with Ted Cruz when he went off? Yeah. This is funny. No, I, I guess I should say this first before we get into all of that. Now, last night, Lou Dobbs, this is the strangest group of beta males masquerading as alpha males, beta I, males. I have ever seen. <laughs> Again, this is the strangest group of beta males masquerading as alpha males I have ever seen. <laughs> I love that. Do you want to? Did, did you hear Tim Kaine? I can't stand that guy. I don't even know why. Please don't well, even. What make, was he saying? He asked. He asked. Um, the whole room starts laughing. Senator Tim Kaine no, asked Rex right. Tillerson about Tillerson, yeah. what? Tillerson. Tillerson. Uh huh. He asked him about climate change. Let's go for it, because I can't. Is, we, you're gonna. We, I can't. We almost. This guy, but I will. I can't. We almost had Here this we go. jackass as vice president. The issue of climate change. There was a recent two-part article in the New York Review of Books, prepared by members Alfred of the e. Rockefeller Family Foundation and investigated by an independent team for the Columbia School of Journalism. In 2015, there was a three-part series in the Los Angeles Times, and in the same year, Inside Climate News did an eight-month investigation and produced a nine part series that was a finalist for a Pulitzer Prize, all on the question of ExxonMobil's knowledge of basic climate science. These articles conclude the following, and I'm going to ask you some questions. One, 
ExxonMobil concluded in, as early as the 1970s that pollution from CO2 released by the burning of fossil fuels was affecting the climate in potentially destructive ways. Two, despite this knowledge, ExxonMobil took public positions against the scientific consensus regarding climate science. Three, ExxonMobil funded outside organizations that publicly denied, downplayed, and obscured the scientific consensus. And four, ExxonMobil, despite, despite claims to the contrary, continues to provide funding, if at a lower level, to outside groups that deny, downplay, or obscure the scientific consensus. Are these conclusions about ExxonMobil's history of, pro of promoting and funding climate science denial, despite its internal awareness of the reality of climate change during your tenure with the company, true or false? Uh, Senator, since I'm no longer with ExxonMobil, I'm in no position to speak on their behalf. The question would have to be put to them. I'm not asking you to speak on ExxonMobil's behalf. Uh, you were with the company for nearly 42 years? That is correct. And for the majority of your time, you were with the company in an executive and management position? Uh, approximately half the time. And you became CEO in 2006? Correct. So I'm not asking you on behalf of ExxonMobil. You've resigned from ExxonMobil. I'm asking you whether those allegations about ExxonMobil's knowledge of climate science and decision to fund and promote a view contrary to its awareness of the science, whether those allegations are true or false. The question would be have, to, have to be put to ExxonMobil. And let me ask you, do you lack the knowledge to answer my question, or are you refusing to answer my question? Oh my a little of both. Um, I have a hard time believing you lack the knowledge to answer my question, but that's an editorial comment just like your comment was an editorial comment. Uh, he is a real... All right, that's him. Uh, this idea about the Rockefeller family, let's be really clear who we're now talking about. The most guilt-ridden leftist liberals that this planet has ever seen. This is not the policy of John D. Rockefeller. The pressure that the Rockefeller great-grandchildren and grandchildren, including Robert Kennedy Jr. and so forth, have put on Exxon it is, has been a media circus. Now, humans certainly affect anything they do on Earth. But, you see, I have a view, and I believe in a God. I believe in a God creator, and that's my confession of faith. And I do not believe that man is a virus on Earth. I believe that liberalism has become the virus on our earth. And I would never have a hard time. In fact, I'd like to say I was the second person in the city of Philadelphia to buy a hybrid back in 2000 maybe 2001. A friend 
pulled up with a Prius. And we had a family member who had a Toyota dealership and he handed us the keys for a week to a Prius. What happened to your back and my back? Wheels of steel. Destroyed chiropractor. And we wanted that car. We learned that Honda had a little tiny CRX that they called the Insight in those days. Little two-seater job. Did it have a back seat or was it just a hatchback in the back? Our little Insight, Honda, the Insight. I I don't even think it had a back seat. And we took our two cats and we drove all across America, Estes Park, up through Independence Pass. Everybody was vomiting. The cat, the cat was vomiting. So I was a pretty early adopter when it came to me doing my share. I'm not about conspicuous consumption, but I'll be goddamned if I've got to listen to shit coming from, what's that putt's name with his Italian name, Leonardo DiCaprio, as this screw job wants to put down Donald Trump Talk about his environmental bona fides as he flies from Australia to New York so this putz can have a -a once-in-a-lifetime bucket list opportunity to experience two New Year's Eves in one Uh, night. The real global global warming cat. Another phony. And then in Mr. Inconvenient Truth, who was telling us about carbon tax and carbon credit. Now, I want to tell you something. This guy's home is a 25,000-square-foot mansion because that putz really needs that. How many children does this one have? And he had so much illumination that it looked more illuminated than a Smithsonian or a Washington Monument at night. I got the quote of the week. This is the quote of the week. Oh, President Obama's legacy is Donald J. Trump. That is a great quote. (laughs) Wait, who said it? Wait, who said it? Wait, we have to give credit to who's... (laughs) Oh, here we go. Sean, I, I think it's. Hold on, let me see if I can find it. While you're looking. But oh, I'm and of course we got to. The crap. Got to get through the commercials. They're up. Uh, I have to see who said this. While you're doing that. Oh. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. So here we go. She'll find it. And Larry Elder. Larry Elder. Who I like. I'm I know, Sean no massive fan of considering any time the winds blow against Donald, he's the first to jump ship. Larry Elder. His legacy, Sean uh, how 
I, I, I can't get it. That's okay. That is okay. So what I was talking about... That is about, funny. That's the quote. That is very funny. Okay. What I was talking about is that the Mr. Global Warming himself wants global warming for you. And I, I, I'll say it as clearly as I can. They don't give a shit about you. They think you're garbage. If you're not one of their inside holy rollers, you're trash. Now, the people of the New World Order have a great new term, and it's called the precariat. P-R-E-C-A-R-I-O-T or A-T. I'm blind, remember. But they're called the precariat. They're people who live precariously one paycheck from destruction. Don't have two paychecks in the bank. Now, if from kindergarten through 12th grade, frugality, savings was promoted, if we didn't shove the latest pair of $250 Nike sneakers down children's throat and the fancy cell phones, most parents would get to retirement with money in the bank, would be able to handle three months, six months of unemployment. But because our consumer culture all about immediate gratification. I can tell you a story. Back in the 1960s, there were a half a dozen restaurants, and these restaurants have been around for 50 years. There was Bookbinders on 17th Street, and there was Kelly's Seafood Market, Seafood House, and there were at least a half a dozen dinner clubs. For Jews, there was the Locust Club, and Wasps had the Peel Club, and then there was the Art Alliance, and these were all facilities that had art on display. Uh, you would be a member, and you had a minimum of per diem that you had to eat on a monthly basis. Maybe it was a five hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. And there was the Urban Club, and then there was the Downtown Club, and I'm sure there was the Clef Club and a couple of others. The Three Threes, Da Vinci's, these were restaurants that had been around forever and ever and ever. And when would people go? On a holiday, on a special occasion, birthdays, anniversaries. Every day is a birthday now to people. People just go to restaurants gratuitously. They want to get fed. They work hard. Now it takes two people where it used to take one. Isn't that a song? It takes two where it used to take one. You see, once women said, I am woman, hear me roar, numbers too big to ignore, and they, and they were humiliated as housewives. Look at Edith Bunker. You think that this isn't intentional? to disgrace a woman, made her to be henpecked and silly and bullied. And then I can remember the one time when Edith was put down by Archie, and she cried, and she was so mad, and she clenched her fists. And that's the propaganda. 
So what young woman such as Sally Struthers, meatheads, uh, wife, girlfriend and then wife, wanted to role model Archie's wife, Edith. Nobody. Who would? Leave it to Beaver. All the women were just painted as stupid, subservient, and they shoved that agenda down our throats first. And then came Murphy Brown and what was that, the 80s? Probably. And then women thought it was absolutely acceptable to have a child without, can't tell you how many I know, whether they got artificial insemination because they're affluent enough or they grabbed a guy, the guy didn't even want them in the first place, guy left and the women now raise their child because they think that that's how you can raise. And these are middle class people, not poor people. And these are the values and that poor little girl is never going to know a true father figure. Broken home, when it was in the poor communities, it was bad and problematic. But now it's become acceptable in middle-class homes. And this has been promoted for so long by Hollywood. They're a sick group, overrun by homosexuals as writers who wouldn't know a normal role model if they, their lives depended on it. I listen to a lot of conservative talk shows through the telephone. And there's this commercial that just galls me. And little Johnny is so smart, and he goes with Grandpa to a Home Depot, and they're looking for light bulbs. And the first thing out of little Johnny's mouth is, did Grandma tell you what to buy? Well, well, no, she just said we need some bulbs and we'll look at this and look at that. And then Johnny, I think, again says, do you think Grandma will want this? And then he explains lumens. And instead of looking at watts, 100-watt bulb, 150, 200, 250, 300-watt bulb, it's you measure in terms of lumens now. And little Johnny says, well, Grandpa, you're a pretty smart guy. Yeah, you're bright too, Johnny. This is what undermines the male role model in the family. When Johnny thinks that Grandpa can't make a move without Grandma, and that Grandma's the bright one and didn't realize that Grandpa could be smart too. Now, I've listened to this shit for so long to the point where it makes me want to scream this is the attack on our culture that has been going on hypnotically for so long. And that's why Hillary Clinton had so many pansy-assed beta males to quote... What's his name, Teresa? I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, your buddy on Fox Business, Lou Dobbs, with his term beta males instead of alpha males, these second-tier pansy asses. 
That's what the media's created. Those are the role models we see. Those are the movies we watch. Everybody's a dork, an idiot. I would love to... Even our comedians. He came up with this character, Dorf or Dork on Golf. Why wouldn't they make fun of women in the same way? Sally, Sally Dorf on Golf. And let's all get to laugh at these, these clueless women going out to play golf. They would never do that. They would exaggerate the skill sets of the women. They would make them look so smart. And this is the attack on Donald Trump. But I'll tell you, he is... Because... Back in the 80s, I paid very close attention, read the, started with reading The Art of the Deal, and I would get a lot of news out of New York and business shows. So I, he was always on my radar, and then he disappeared. And then when he was running for president, it, it, it was as if I was so focused on Bernie and what Bernie was saying going after Hillary that I didn't even – that Donald didn't come onto my radar until – Came on tears very early. Until I knew that there was no way in the world that I would ever could stomach the idea of a Hillary Clinton for president. A woman... Or Cory Booker. Yeah, one day. Taking money from the most degenerate Muslim fiefdoms who have the most revanchistic... Middle Ages approach to women. You see, I was raised by a strong mother. And I was raised in many ways by my strong partner, Wheels of Steel. And I came into our marriage when our daughter was 13. And I had a powerful grandmother. So I understand female energy, but I also understand where the imbalances in energy are. And I thought with our daughter, has she didn't even understand anything about male energy. And I see it with women who try to raise young men. I had a friend, totally out of control when he was a teen. And the mother... The father worked, but he worked at night. He was a world-famous dance instructor. And the mother worked during the day uh, running a Back in the day, Lufthansa had its own ticket agency, and so she worked at the ticket agency. And the, the Germans were nasty to each other. It was a pretty hostile work environment. And sometimes she would just come home spent from the politics. And then she had to deal with her son, who, white kid, middle class, center city, urban boy, 
wants to play street hoodlum, joins cool city decorators or club city decorators, depending upon who you ask, KCD, little gangster. And he would come home with spray paint all over his hands and all over his brand new gloves that his parents bought him or all over his jeans. And then he would carve his little and spray paint and markers on his desk. And the mother couldn't stop him from going out and it was too late. What was that? Wait till your father comes home? Father comes home, he wasn't home. Kid didn't see his father till weekends. Then the fights would start, the beatings. There was no respect. Kids need a mother and a father. I can remember being in their house once and seeing as the sister is basically crying and the mother's blocking her body against the door and the kids pushing her away. I went after him, threw him down to the ground, started wrestling him and said, this is really, really good, Hitman, that you're going to be fighting with your girlfriend's brother over his foul mouth and his freshness and so forth. So I get what it takes to raise a male. It ain't easy. And when there's a woman and there's no man, women, when it comes to raising a boy, knew a young man, I was in his life for about three years, and he was so smart. He outsmarted everybody, wound up getting into heroin, eventually straightened his life out, became a very accomplished doctor. But boy, did he go through hell. Divorced family, the first victim, the children. First victim, the older girl, 17 dating her father's best friend behind the scenes and then when he gets busted he hangs himself family is very difficult and it takes two and in my world view it doesn't take two men and it doesn't take two women it takes a man and a woman and it takes cooperation and both parties always being on the same page Not one party working against the other. And they fight their own drama through their children and taking sides and making favorites. But it, at its worst, it sure beats the government knowing what's best, doesn't it? And this is what we were saved from. These two fairy cakes with a baby in their hand, tweeting to their, their friends who follow them, an NYU professor, that he sees Ivanka Trump and he's going to give her a hard time. And then all of a sudden, 30,000 tr- tr- people start trolling him on Twitter to the point where he shuts off his Twitter account. And the rash of shit that he gave Ivanka in front of her children. I have seen nothing from Donald Trump, a gentlemanliness. I've seen nothing. Now, can he fight it back to the media? You betcha. These, they're disgusting, dirty, terrible people. Exactly what Donald says. They're awful. Awful. If they like you, boy, they don't even look under the hood. If they had looked under the hood, we never would have had a Muslim masquerading as a heterosexual Christian male and undermining and putting death charges and destroying this country and flooding it 
with unvetted Muslims if we actually, if our media did their homework. So I hope Donald screws them to the wall. Never. I hope it gets to the point where people just know. There's no point in going to CNN because you're never going to see anything about Donald because Donald's never going to talk to CNN. I hope it gets so bad. Their numbers go to hell. Why? Because they picked on my candidate? No, because I saw what they did when it came to Bernie Sanders. Because I saw what they did when it came to Donna Brazil. No, because I saw what they did when it came to Cheryl Mills. No, I saw what they did when it came to John Podesta. This media is trash in this country. It has fallen into complete disrepute. And we do have a new media. And it's going to have some bumps along the way. But look, our media was founded in the early days. The whole story, story I repeat, about Thomas Jefferson screwing the 12 or 13-year-old Sally Hemings came from a yellow journalist Calendar. Now, it's Robert or Stephen, I believe, but his last name was Calendar, and he was a sympathizer of John Adams. And between John Adams and Thomas Jefferson, there was no love lost between them. So whatever dirt John Adams could find, he relied upon the National Enquirer of its day named Calendar. And they came up with a story, knowing full well that Peter Jefferson, who, and I don't think he was Jefferson, could have been Peter Jefferson. I think he was a nephew of Thomas, and he was involved in running the plantation. So there was bloodline of Jefferson in Hemings, but it wasn't Thomas Jefferson. In this story of plowing the mulatto soil, this is the kind of stuff that liberal historians have put into the literature to undermine the most amazing greatness. And they always want to measure like morons, our founding fathers by today's standards. But that's not ever how you measure history. And that's why I don't hold the South guilty for Jim Crow, and I also suggest black America not hold the South guilty for Jim Crow. Universal guilt doesn't get you anywhere but with ulcers and an excuse for your failure. There is no country in the world that has provided more opportunity to all of its citizens, including its minority citizens, Jewish or black. The difference between Jews and blacks are not that that it's their skin color, because there isn't a group of people more reviled behind the scene than Jews. But Jews didn't turn to government for the solution. Jews became PhDs in economics and were invited into government. They didn't say, 
we need a Jewish racial quota here. They didn't rely upon a quota system. They got up early. They went to bed late. They studied both in the yeshiva, meaning they studied Hebrew, they studied the Bible, the Torah, the Talmud, and they studied their Western uh, studies. Studied their Eastern, they studied their Western. And they became top of their field and they never looked for a hand up. They never asked somebody to make excuses for them. They didn't ask somebody to lower their standards. Rap was not part of the culture. Poetry was part of the culture. A beatbox wasn't part of the culture. Learning a violin was part of the culture. Just ask Yitzhak Perlman how many hours a day after school he studied. Eight Ask Leonard Bernstein, ask Shlomo Mins, not just Salerno Sonnenberg. They went to highly competitive high schools, and all their life they studied four, six, eight hours a day every day of their life, every day of their life, and that's how they've got to excellence. But it didn't come from broken families. It didn't come from broken families. So I'll let you roll with it. What you got there? Hold on one second. I'm doing something. Thank you, Wheels of Steel. I'm sorry. So you're listening to www.propaganda.earth. I'm Propaganda Hitman. We've got Wheels of Steel on the Wheels of Steel. The show is supported by our blog. The blog is propagandaearth.store. And at the .store, there's a health blog, which you're starting to put posts on, aren't you? Yes, I have started that. That yeah. indeed I did. Yeah. Federal court orders Homeland Security to produce to produce um, pres- preservation requests for email records for Secretary Josh Johnson, top D. J. A- J. Johnson, right? Uh, oh, J. Yeah, J. Johnson. I'm sorry. J. E. A. Y. H. or something. No, J. E. H. Yeah, J. E. H. Johnson, J- top J. Top. D H S officer. Yeah. Preservation. It's That's a good, good thing. That's a good Warning thing. Warning you. In advance, don't destroy records. In advance, don't destroy records. If we could only uh, get the government to understand that it should be a, pr- a crime punished by 30 years, in fact, we're going to start talking about it. Anyone destroys anything. There should be nothing destroyed ever. Well, that's what um, Julian Assange says. Barack's administration are they're shredding records, and he wants. He said he's offering twenty thousand dollar reward for anyone who knows anything about it. Do you want to hear this one? This every is, single th- boom, these people man. go to yeah. Uh, these people go to work for you and for me, and everything they produce. I would go so far as they don't even get to shit. Their shit has to be saved. Until they understand who works for whom. Right. Everything, every utterance, every idea, every notepad, every scratch, nothing gets shredded. Everything is work project and everything should be saved. All right, this is... Um, the whole, the whole, I want to oh. get to... The idea of a presidential library is a bunch of bullshit. Why? We're not allowed to go check it out. The, nothing that Everything a president creates is theirs. 
Right. Nothing. Of course it's not. They could have a duplicate copy to go to a presidential library, but the originals should all be at the Smithsonian. Nothing is there private. It is such a bizarre... And look, these things happen, and nobody... We're so hypnotic. How is it that the human species... Do you think it's the human species, or do you think from the moment you're born, you're inoculated... You got fluoride shoved down your throat. Fluoride is a toxin that was used to pacify Jews in the, in the work camps, in the death camps. Do you understand that, what fluoride was used for? It was to pacify the brain. And they're going to give you crap about your teeth. What? These people lie. And these dentists are so brain dead. I've listened to them. My friends who are dentists. It's just crazy how people can't think outside the box. They hear something. They repeat it over and over without questioning the foundations of, of the position. And I know why. They work around mercury. They get the mercury gas. Now they wear masks. A little late. Since they were kids, they were consuming mercury. Mercury gas, radiation, toxic chemicals. Fluoride. Fluoridation of the water. It's not enough. You put it in the toothpaste. The warning label says, do not swallow. In case of swallowing, you got to call 911 poison control. Why would you have children put such a thing in their mouth? They would get these fluoride strips for their teeth. They would get fluoride gel. They couldn't figure out why my teeth were rotting. Had nothing to do with the, the canned food diet that I was on. Every last item that I was eating was negative to my blood type. Flounder, poison to my blood type. Chicken, neutral to negative to my blood type. What else did we eat? Pot, pot roast, negative, toxic to my blood type. I think that was all. Canned vegetables, cream corn, toxic to my blood type. String beans, peas, in a can. Milk, toxic to my blood type. Margarine, toxic to my blood type. And it wasn't even in those days. Soy margarine, which now is pure GMO, 90, 98% of all soy ruined by GMO. French's dressing, Thousand Islands, poison to my blood type. And, uh, not endive. Iceberg lettuce, tomato, poison to my blood type. So one day I wake up blind. Arthritic, chronic inflammatory condition. <clears throat> Through the inflammation, teeth start to fall apart. Then, because the grandparents had a friend at the, at the country club, he was an orthodontist. It didn't matter that I had short roots. So he puts the orthodontics on my mouth, and they blunt the roots, and it destroys my teeth. And by 26, I have a mouth of dentures. Devastating, these idiots playing human experimentation. They call it a practice, but want you to pay them while they practice. I never in my life can imagine the lunacy that we're involved in in this country. 
how far down the rat hell we are with people who don't think. And now if it's not enough that they've got aluminum, everything that you eat out of bisphenol A and B and these estrogen-mimicking chemicals, but then they have chemtrails. And don't ask anybody in the media to look up because you'll be a, if you even ask, you're a tinfoil hat wearer. But every American with a brain in their head can look up in the sky and they'll say, oh, no, they're contrails from jets. Oh, yeah. And they go back. And then they go forward. And they go back and across the sky. And then they crisscross back and forth and back and forth. And then hours later, you see they're still there. Look, when I had eyesight, I knew what a jet looked like. I saw this shit going on in 1974-75 and I would look off the terrace when I still had eyesight and see this jet. And the first time I saw it, I thought, well, you know, it's a contrail. But then he comes back. And then he goes away. And then he comes back. And I saw how many hours it took for that tic-tac-toe grid to melt in and then gray the sky over. High up. I've listened to pilots say, once upon a time, the visual field was about 30 miles. Now, it was one, then it was reduced to 12 miles. Now it's about six miles. Six miles. That's how much shit has been put into the ionosphere. And we're going to talk about global warming. Our own government could be doing the global warming as a result of the, the chemtrails. And for whatever reason, the chemtrails, I think it's complete herd pacification. And the byproduct is global warming. Government's doing it to us. They're pacifying us. They're dumbing us down. They're malnourishing us. They're making us morons. They hypnotize us by, through the media. And the answer is one at a time. Turn off the TV. Say you're as mad as hell and you, won't, you, you give a damn. Buying your local newspaper, put them out of business. Support alternative media. Support us. Buy the products. Support Alex Jones. Buy the products. Support Project Veritas, Judicial Watch, Drudge, LifeSite, Reddit, 4chan. There's a lot of solutions out there. You don't have to agree with everything everybody says. Who cares? Terrible thing if some extreme right-wingers, nationalists, are there. Let me tell you, I'd rather hang out with neo-Nazis any day than these fucking Marxists. Because they're just as nasty. Just as nasty. There just happens to be a hundred thousand times more of the left than the far right. I remember once back in Seattle, I'm blonde hair, blue eyes. I fully infiltrated a right wing group. I was so curious. I didn't see an, I didn't see anything that far off compared to how far off the left is. How unhinged. Bernie Sanders is, how unhinged Pocahontas is, how unhinged Nancy Pelosi is. Nancy Pelosi's made her entire career. Her husband is in, is, uh, is in finance and banking. She's tipped off on every deal 
a year in advance. She's the ultimate insider. Nobody's ever put her ass in jail or her husband's ass in jail. How did they become billionaires? Dounding. How much land does Harry Reid have with mineral rights in Nevada? It's astounding. Hillary Clinton, carpetbagger, purports to leave the White House broke. A billionaire. All pay to play. And they're going to go after Donald Trump, a legitimate businessman, and he's filling his cabinet with business people. And these Congress people, when you listen to Dan yesterday, they're tripping over themselves to try to explain in their warped mind, is it possible that a businessman in their worldview could ever be president? Oh, you just have to have a blind trust. You have to sell off your sell off. Thousands of hotels, business interests, what, in the next 10 days? I mean, if it, it could only come out of the mind of the most damaged people who have never worked a day for themselves in their life that could ever question. Sure, we've had a businessman before, not many. Eisenhower general. Some would say, why do, would you want a, a general? A trust fund baby. JFK, trust fund baby. Dad had a lot of interests, didn't he? Sure did. They had a lot of interests, those trust funds. Were they blind trust? Say anybody care? They kissed their ass. Nixon, career politician. Carter, Navy Admiral on a submarine, bright guy, and politician, governor. Is that what really we've come down to? George Bush, the father, CAA through and through. Phony, phony, phony business career. The father himself couldn't wildcat oil if his life depended on it. The ultimate insider, George Bush, the son, what did he do? The kids, Silverado Bank, bankrupted banks. What did they build? Nothing. Inept. So that's the requirement for being president, right? Carpetbagger from Arkansas. He's a prosecutor, attorney general, governor. That's really what we want, career politicians. Now you've got to answer it. A Secretary of State who's traveled more than any 10 senators in history, named Rex Tillerson, who knows oil, knows the map of the world, been all over, back forth, knows every player in the world, but crucify him because he has all these interests. No, he's first an American. Who else do they want to crucify? Betsy DeVoe? We'll see how much more crucifixion comes. I saw what they did to Jeff Sessions. Yeah, can we get to that? Yeah, sure, let's do it. Whatever you got. Well, first of all, let's start how the morning started. Hold on, we have we have Senator Spectre? No, S-E-A-N, 
Sensenbrenner. S-E-A-N. Sean. S-P-I-C-E-R. Spicer. Well, that he's actually the chief. The chief. He's the chief spokesman, press spokesman for Donald Trump, and he was the spokesman for Reince Priebus. Go for it. That's occurred. Uh, Jim Acosta is claiming that uh, you threatened to toss him from the press conference uh, if he interrupted again. Uh, is that well, true? It, yeah. Well, no, not entirely. But here's what happened. I think the, the clip that it's you just great, played, though. Jim Acosta, was inappropriate, rude, and disrespectful. Uh, and he did it twice. He did it then, the clip that you showed, and he did it again later. After the press conference was over, when the president-elect had left the area, had gone up in the elevator, I went over to him. I informed him that I thought his behavior was, as I said, rude, disrespectful, and inappropriate. And that if it happened again, I would have him removed. Now look, Lou, I've been doing Republican Party politics for 30 years, but I'll tell you this. If I watched President Obama treated like that, if I watched President Clinton treated like that, I would react the same. The office of President-elect of President of the United States deserves a level of respect. And having a reporter stand up and basically yell and scream and act as inappropriately and rude as he did is a disgrace. We're better than that. And he was an embarrassment to the press corps. Frankly, beyond the embarrassment that he caused to the president-elect, I think he's an embarrassment to the press corps. Because the, the rest of the press was behaving appropriately, raising their hand, asked to have questions asked. His network had already had a question answered. And I think he owes an apology not just to the president-elect, but to the entire press corps for his inappropriate behavior. You know, casting back. He's right. His behavior was appalling. I think he owes an apology to the American people. people. Yep. Now listen to this. Boom, man, this cowboy just said what everybody was thinking. Well, if you look at social media today, you're going to see that everyone in America is crying. Posts abound with sentiments of, OMG, I can't stop the tears. Will I ever stop crying? I've never been so sad in my life. The tears are flowing nonstop is what they're saying. Dancing yes, with tears you know in my eyes. Hussein Obama gave his final speech to the nation last night from Chicago, his hometown, and a nation mourns. Yes, we're crying over a politician. Oh, look, I know, I know. Mr. Obama was special, right? And, and we're really going to miss him. We're going to miss his great oratorical skills, his funny lines on The Tonight Show, his air of smug confidence on camera, the occasional strategic tear, his dancing with Ellen, his meetings with Shakira and Jay-Z and George Clooney, and the little things he did, like doubling the national debt. Wait! Don't forget, he did get Osama bin Laden for us Baloney. from a comfortable backseat corner chair in the Situation Room. Remember his blaming Benghazi exactly. on a YouTube video? I don't, let's don't get into that. Let's uh, not get into you, the lies, the, the fake CIA propaganda video that they made. Yeah, remember when America had a triple-A credit rating? Yeah, not anymore. But everything has been, you know, not everything's been on the rise for the last eight years. Some things shrank, such as median family incomes and home ownership and the worker share in the economy. Yeah, I, I've seen the graphs. But let's not forget the hopes we had. 95 a million out of work. Black man came into office promising healing. But damn the disappointment when he turned into be a race hustler on par with his go-to advisor, Al Sharpton. But I, I don't know what we really expected from a man whose mentor was a Reverend Jeremiah Wright. No, the problems didn't start with him. I'll give you that. But he certainly didn't do anything to stop the dismal trends, some change he brought. He poured the fuel on the fire. And amidst your crying, I want to remind you of some of the lying. Remember the campaign promise that no family making less than $250,000 would see an increase in their taxes? And I quote, not your income tax, not your payroll tax, not your capital gains tax, not any of your taxes. Remember when he
target his political enemies such as the Tea Party and pro-Israel oh, yeah. groups, and he used the CIA to spy on the Senate. And then he gave the to the Mexican cartel, which led to the murder of a Border Patrol agent. Oh, and don't forget that under Obamacare, you can keep your insurance plan and your doctor, and the average family will save $2,500 a year. Kind of brings a tear to my eye as well. He bowed to foreign leaders, and he made us dumber with common core education. He set back race relations 50 years, created hate for law enforcement officers. And when neighborhoods were on fire, he could have demanded that the behavior stop, but he never did. And when Nadal Hassan yelled Allahu Akbar and opened fire at Fort Hood, murdering 13 soldiers, Mr. Obama labeled it workplace violence. Yeah, he pulled troops from Iraq, but he refused to get a status of forces agreement when now ISIS controls a large part of the country. I really could sit here talking about this all day long, but look at the time. So from a stage in Chicago where last year over 4,000 people got shot, Barack Obama, the 44th president of the United States of America, brought many to tears as he said goodbye. And I was reminded that no politician, regardless of party affiliation or affections, is going to save us. It's simply up to us. So goodbye, Mr. Obama. And for y'all, I really do love you. Hey, hold on a moment. I would have loved to see him go into one of these two-story high civil defense uh, tanks and speak from a microphone as he is driving through with one of these two-story civil defense tanks and going into the tough neighborhoods of Chicago and say, I'm President Barack Obama. I'm the enforcer. I'm here to tell you that your behavior, brothers and sisters, is unacceptable. It's disgraceful. And I don't even feel safe walking these streets, so I'm going to be in an armored personnel carrier tank. And I'm going to keep roaming these streets every day till you get the message that we need to. Come on, people now. Smile on your brother. Everybody get together and try to love one another right now. And this has to come to an end. And teen pregnancy has to come to an end. And the guns and the violence and the murder and the drugs and the hopelessness has to come to an end. Stay home. I'll donate money for books. I'll fill the streets with books so you can read. Learn to read. Reading is fundamental. Riffs. I heard it over and over as a kid in the public service announcements. Black colleges. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. Yeah, it's wasted on young black people in America today. A gift from God, and they do nothing with it. But fill it with rap talk, because they can't even write poetry. Can't learn a second language. My God, learn Swahili. You're so thrilled with Africa why aren't teachers teaching Africa Swahili whatever other African Kenya language why aren't you teaching it Africa's so damn great you can't even speak your own language the word isn't our fathers it's our hold the pen you borrow it it's not an ink pen there's only one kind of pen a pen's a pen. A pencil's a pencil. The word is borrow, not hold. Hold is the implication. You're not even going to give it back. It's probably true. Hold means nine-tenths of the law is possession. I went to public schools until it was impossible, until I was illiterate, until I couldn't count. And in eighth grade... And there but for the grace of God did they accept me and didn't keep me back. 
and I struggled with C's and D's and was surrounded by brilliant kids whose parents had enough common sense to take them out of the public school system by kindergarten or fourth grade. And the kids who were in in kindergarten at my private school were the brightest in the world. These kids were amazing. And they graduated 11 of 44. Graduated in 11th grade. Went to Harvard, Princeton, Yale. That's what a private school education can do. Well, do you think there weren't black kids in our school? Sure there were. And there were poor white kids. And they were given tuition credits and free tuition because it was a liberal Quaker school. But the kids who started in kindergarten, oh, my God. I remember in ninth grade being in a class on the Arthurian legend, and I looked at this class and I said, whoa, all the eggheads are in this class. I didn't shake or rumble. I still got my gentleman C in the class. It was a four. Four is a C, five is a D, six is a failure, and seven is unconditional failure. I got my four in the class, and I was proud of it because these kids were smart. I couldn't believe the things that they were thinking of and coming to. Why? Because they started to learn to think when they were in kindergarten. It devastates me. It breaks my heart to see black America in the black cities today. But I know one damn thing. It's the black politicians It's the people, the scumbags like Cory Booker who made a career of getting along with Jeff Sessions and working together on race relation issues and then stabbing Jeff Sessions in the back today. My mind was blown. Was it today or yesterday? About what? Jeff Sessions and Cory Booker. Today, but here, listen to what... Go for it. When the Department of Justice used Operation Chokepoint to target legal businesses because they disagreed politically with those businesses, the Democrats on this committee were silent. When the Obama Justice Department sent millions of dollars of taxpayer monies to sanctuary cities that were defying federal immigration law, the Democrats on this committee were silent. When the Obama administration refused to enforce federal immigration laws and unilaterally rewrote those laws, the Democrats on this committee were silent. When the Obama administration released tens of thousands of criminal illegal aliens, including rapists and murderers, into the general population, Democrats on this committee were silent. When the Department of Justice signed off on the Obama administration paying a nearly $2 billion ransom to Iran, contrary to federal law, the Democrats on this committee were silent. When the Obama administration ignored and rewrote provision after provision of Obamacare, contrary to the text of the law, the Democrats on this committee were silent. When the Obama administration signed off on illegal recess appointments that the Supreme Court had to strike down unanimously, the Democrats on this committee were silent. And when the Obama administration released five Guantanamo terrorists without the required notification of Congress, the Democrats on this committee were silent. Democrat Party is a criminal enterprise. Yeah, I would, yeah, really it needs him. to be shut down, and if reparations should ever be paid, it should be taken out of the hide of the DNC. It's the Democrat Party upon its foundation.
It was the party of the slave master, and then it became the party of Jim Crow. And the first Republican Party, because there was a party called Democrat-Republican, which is really what it's become today again. But Abraham Lincoln was the founder of a new party. It was called the Republican Party. And that's what he ran under. He was the party of freeing slaves. And the Democrats have been the party of Jim Crow, of slaveholding, slave ownership, and it's the most astounding thing. Excuse me. I uh, have nine facts about slavery they don't want you to know. The I'll first... break on that in just a second. It okay. was our president, Lyndon Baines Johnson, who said that after he created, quote, the Great Society, what a bullshit term. It wasn't even his term. It was something that a uh, left-wing commie historian called it the Great Society. And when he signed those, the legislation, he said, we'll have the black Americans, but you got to know that when it's a Lyndon Baines Johnson talking, he's saying, we're going to have the niggas eaten out of our hands for the next hundred years. That's what he said. Now, the fact that black America doesn't know his history is not their fault. It's a conspiracy against them. They shove black history down their throat, but they don't know the real history. And to listen today to that son of a bitch, John Lewis, betray Jeff Sessions and turn on him like a rat. But anyway, well, and then we'll get to William Smith destroys those other ones. Go but for it. these are the facts that um, Black America doesn't know. Nine facts about slavery they don't want you to know. The first legal slave owner in America history was a black tobacco farmer named Anthony Johnson. North Carolina's largest slaveholder in 1860. I'll tell you one thing. There's a black band. And the guy sings falsetto, transgender. Name of the band's Anthony and the Johnsons. North he Car- knows about it. North Carolina's largest slaveholder in 1860 was a black plantation owner named William Ellison. American Indians owned thousands of black slaves. In but you want to act as you're both an oppressed minority. Yeah, no. right. The American in Indians eight, killed you and enslaved you. In 1830, there, in 1830, there were 3,775 free black people who owned 12,740 black slaves. Do those numbers one more time. Okay. In 1830, there were 3,700 free black people who owned 13,000 black slaves. So on average, they owned three to four slaves per person. Many black slaves were allowed to hold jobs, own businesses, and own real estate. Brutal black-on-black slavery was common in Africa for thousands of years. Don't confuse people with facts. Most slaves brought to America from Africa... They were Muslim. 
most slaves brought to Africa, brought to America from Africa, were purchased from black slave owners. In Sierra Leone, Africa. Slavery was common for thousands of years. White people ended legal charter slavery. So we're not paying any, whatever the heck they call that. The people who need to do it is the Democratic Party. Now here, this is a wonderful... Yeah, the party of slavery. Right, this is a wonderful man. William Smith destroys Democrat session smear. It's horrible what they said about that man. Here we go. The American people had an opportunity to witness yesterday through his testimony a brilliant legal mind, a man of the highest character and great integrity. Let me briefly address this legal mind. As a staffer, your job is to always be more prepared than the member. Senator Sessions made this difficult. I remember one hearing where I was passing Senator Sessions note after note to make sure he was prepared. When he didn't speak on the topic I handed him, I would hand him another note on another topic. This is such a funny story. He did as he did in his testimony yesterday. He crushed it. Senator Sessions was not ignoring my notes. He was systematically thinking about how to put all the notes together in one speech. A number of my colleagues were amazed by his speech. They asked me afterwards, what did you say to him in those notes? I told them. The notes were blank. Senator Sessions a blank sheet of paper and told him to make me, make look, me good. look good. And that's what he did. <laughs> Senator Sessions spent yesterday proving to the American people that he understands the law. Republicans have humor. And he made a bunch of staffers look good. <laughs> a lot has been said about Senator Sessions' character. We've seen people who have never met Senator Sessions claim to know him and know his heart. We've seen members of this body and members of the House of Representatives just now who have worked with Senator Sessions and praised him for his work and now turn to attack him. This should not be. The reason we did not see a lot of this yesterday during the hearing is because the members of this committee know Senator Sessions. You know he's a strong conservative, but you also know he's fair and honest. If you disagree with Senator Sessions because of his political views, let's have a conversation about that. But let's do it on the facts, not on 30 years of old innuendos and allegations that have been disproven. There's something very consistent about praising Senator Sessions for aiding African-American communities and working on crack and powder cocaine legislation and then criticizing him because it takes a different political view on another matter like immigration. Enforcing immigration laws is not out of the mainstream. On the panel that testified before this one, there were personal attack after personal attack after personal attack. I doubt any one of those individuals attacking Senator Sessions outside of yesterday, has spent 30 minutes in the same room with him. That's 30 minutes in the same room, not 30 minutes talking to him. I doubt any of them have spent 30 minutes or 10 minutes talking to Senator Sessions. This process should not be about, this process should be about facts, not about political aspirations. Every allegation and witness from 30 years ago has been discredited. Members in the media should move on. Senator Sessions testified yesterday that he would enforce the laws whether he agreed with them or not. That's the role of the Attorney General, not to embrace every point of view in the shifting political winds. If you come before Jeff Sessions, you will get equal justice and you will respect the outcome, even if you lose. 
How do I know this? I know it because I know Jeff Sessions. I'm not testifying to someone who just met him yesterday. I know his family. I've dined at his house. We've eaten Johnny Rockets burgers together. I've traveled across the state of Alabama with Jeff Sessions. I've watched him order a Heath blizzard at Dairy Queen, quote, heavy on the heat. I've watched him prepare for hearings. I've debated him on legislative matters. I've written speeches for him. I've made speeches on his behalf. I've been in every political situation with him. Senator Sessions is unquestionably qualified for the job for which he has been nominated. He is a good Christian man and a good family man. He is a man who has dedicated his life to public service. And in the course of that, he has actually fought for, dis for the disenfranchised. He fought for sentencing reform. And not only, not only did he fight for it, he accomplished it. He fought for civil rights. He prosecuted members of the Ku Klux Klan. And most importantly, he has fought for the liberty of all Americans, regardless of, color, of the color of their skin or their personal beliefs. This is the way it should be. After 20 years of knowing Senator Sessions, I have not seen the slightest evidence of racism because it does not exist. I know a racist when I see one, and I've seen more than one, but Jeff Sessions is not one. Senator Sessions has served with distinction throughout his career as a United States Attorney, as Attorney General for Alabama, and as a member of this body. The legal profession is better for his service. This body is better for his service, and this country, at the end of his term, will be better for his service. In every season, Jeff Sessions has been measured, courteous, and kind. He has treated me and everyone respectfully and fairly, not showing favoritism at any point. This is the kind of attorney general that our nation needs. I applaud his selection. I look forward to his swift confirmation. Thank you, and War Eagle. Bravo. A man of a different skin color than Jeff, a man who knows Jeff's heart inside and out, and it was one of the nicest things I've ever heard anybody say about uh, a colleague, a friend, an admirer, looking to be, uh, become one of the most, be appointed to one of the most important positions in America, and that's the Attorney General. I believe that there is a virus in the Attorney General's office. I believe there is a sickness at the FBI, and I believe that these are both, in theory, tremendous, great institutions that have been distorted by politicians appointed at the top levels who have one belief in mind that the ends justify the means and when that type of corruption, to get a person, an accused, with any means necessary, then ends justify the means and the rule of law goes out the window. I believe that Jeff Sessions, with the guidance of that friend of his coming to the Justice Department with him, will do an amazing job at restoring greatness to our government. I believe Rex Tillerson will clean the swamp at the state and return it to its great heyday. I am blown away. 
you know, you've got to remember that Republicans have this nostalgic love affair for Reagan. After that first term, I did not, and I knew it was going to be an abortion on arrival when George Herbert Walker Bush became vice president under Reagan. I knew this was a setup, and that George Herbert Walker Bush was going to eat Reagan's lunch. Well, that's why when George Herbert Walker Bush was president, he picked Dan Quayle, a guy who spelled potato, P-O-T-A-T-O-E, put an E at the end. That's how freaking stupid that monkey was. White guy. Monkey. And that's why vice presidents are always usually picked who couldn't do harm to you. Like Kennedy regrettably picking Johnson and Johnson having his head blown off. Donald picked Mike Pence. And in the beginning, I was nervous. I knew that Pence didn't know where Donald was coming from and some of the things that they were trying to accuse Donald of, Mike was sort of kind of back and forth and pulling away a little bit and all the talk was that they'd dump Donald and Mike would be at the head of the ticket and all this crap. And now I see an incredible relationship, an astounding, at least from on appearance. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Wheels of Steel? Yep. It looks like a, a justice. Mutual respect. And Donald has given him incredible responsibilities. So it's going to be great to watch. And I invite Democrats to shake it off, be loyal opposition. And when Donald's right, acknowledge it. Don't continue down this politics of division because you're facing annihilation. Donald will outperform you, outthink you, outproduce you, and outaccomplish you. So you'd do much better wherever you can agree to agree to sign on to his legislation and become the loyal opposition. Otherwise, if you're going to be the the name party of gotcha name calling. It's going to destroy the Democrat Party. They're, the done. party is on the absolute precipice of ruin. A Marxist, or you've got this liberal mental disorder. What else you got there? Well, this is funny. I mean, I don't know if you want to watch it, but let's try it. Trump scolding showers with prostitute caught on video. The latest fake news from liberal media. And this was planted by... ...fake news stories and spreading them far and wide has sunk to a new low today. This hoax, this despicable and defamatory fake news story was started by BuzzFeed, which... And it was fed to BuzzFeed by who? John McCain, and he admits it. That's a guy who should be impeached. Well, I I think that would be great if actually the CIA did their job, gagged them, bound them, and dumped them in a nursing home. Engaging in sex with prostitutes and giving them golden showers. Peeing on them or them peeing on him? Quote, a dossier compiled by a person who claimed to be a former British intelligence official alleges Russia has compromising information on Trump. 
the allegations are unverified, hey. and the report contains errors. So why are you spreading this fake news, which now has been picked up by countless liberal media outlets, all of which are making these defamatory... Now, I want to get to the British intelligence, because that's already an oxymoron. England hasn't had intelligence in about 50 years. Their military is such a freaking joke that during the Falkland Islands War, where they pick a fight with Argentina halfway around the entire globe, they didn't even have a navy to get there. And what little ragtag navy they brought with one single missile, French-made Exocet, there's, you know, an irony there. French-made Exocet missile, the HMS Sheffield, sunk. So it was Ronald Reagan who had to come to the rescue of the Iron Lady, iron in her brain, Maggie Thatcher, and bring in ships in support of the British so they could defeat the Argentine depending upon whose accent you use, the Argentine army. So remember that we've had Boris Johnson and the Brexit movement, but the British establishment is not done with Boris Johnson, and they're not done with Theresa May, and they're not done with Brexit, and they're damn well not done with Donald. Because once Boris Johnson retired as the head of his party, he did the job he was supposed to do with Brexit. He started helping Donald. And he was working with Donald in the campaign and then on the transition team. So when they say British intelligence, they're talking about MI6, and that's their British version of the CIA. So whether it's the entire MI6 or some rogue agent who's doing the water of the anti-Brexit movement, of the globalist of the New World Order, understand where this purported uh, facts, this garbage came from. Now, the, the, the joke of jokes is, if you knew anything about Donald Trump, he's a germaphobe. He wouldn't have women piss on him, or he wouldn't be pissing on women if his life depended on it. He'd have to get... Uh, handy wipes and wipe the women down and wipe his penis down and wipe himself down and wipe the environment down. I wouldn't say he's as bad as Howard Hughes, but he's got his issues. And he's way too smart for that. And now we know after a day or two, and there had been a rumor. This rumor had been circulating for about a month and a half and we talked about it that there was some sort of video that's supposedly floating around about Donald and Jeffrey Epstein and Pedophile Island. And we told the story here on the show that the, my understanding was that he went, he looked, he thought Jeffrey Epstein was, you know, nice. He let the neighborhood kids in the pool. And when he realized that all they were were grown men around the pool looking at the children and the girls and boys very young, in very skimpy attire, Donald made a dash and disassociated himself with Jeffrey Epstein. But on the Lolita Express of Jeffrey Epstein, 
How many trips purportedly in the logs? 26 times. The Democrats are guilty of everything they blame other people of. It's an astounding skill set to be able to look you in the eye and lie to you and to actually blame you of what they're guilty of. And we saw that with the, with the Wizard of Oz, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, pay no attention. That's what they were doing with the Podesta leaks. Pay no attention to spirit cooking. Pay no attention to $50,000 in hot dogs and pizza and how that pizza was so good and the little children, and then this guy, this phony story, phony as the day is long. They can't even get their story together. They bring some clown who out of nowhere with his children. They hear that there could be children kidnapping, sexual abuse, but this guy, this moron, is going to bring his family. Would you do that? Wheels of steel. When, when, when you're in your 30s and you heard that there was rape and childhood rape going on at a pizza place, would you take your daughter no. out of curiosity? No. Why would I do that? No, of course not. And this clown was on, and, and this clown was on PBS. And so they bring him on PBS, and he talks all about it. It's a nice place, and I play ping pong at Comet Ping Pong with my wife and blah, blah, blah. And then this guy walks in. And he's looking around, and he wants to know where the pedophilia is, and he's got the famous weapon that they all want to get rid of, the AR-15. And he shoots a lock or some shit like that. What, what a setup from start to finish to take the attention off of that guy, the owner of Comet Pizza, and the whole pedophilia that's been going on that the New York police have a very serious, and the FBI, very serious investigation, a pedophilia at the highest level. But if you doubt that, just think about how Meryl Streep came to the defense of that degenerate filmmaker who was banned from the United States for having a statutory rape experience with a 13-year-old girl named Natasha Kinsky. These people in Hollywood have the weirdest and most degenerate bedfellows, and that's what the Democrat Party has been made up of. What else you got there, Wheels of Steel? Roll with it. and sensational claims and despicable, disgusting claims, and then somewhere in their report cite, well, according to a report from BuzzFeed, which hasn't been verified, but that already caused hashtag golden showers to start trending on Twitter. If you don't know what golden showers are, don't Google it. You will regret it. Just uh, think of R. Kelly, and you'll kind of get the picture. R. Kelly is into golden showers, okay? You get it. The senior editor of the Daily Beast propelled this hoax far and wide across Twitter. Russians supposedly have Trump on tape with prostitutes performing golden showers. This is what constitutes, in the liberal mind, as journalism now today. Here's their headline. Russia has Trump golden showers blackmail. Russian intelligence officers plan to blackmail Trump with knowledge of his alleged, quote, perverted sexual acts. A new report obtained by BuzzFeed alleges the unverified report by a person claiming to be... See, most people on the Internet today, most liberals, can't get past the headline. 
So they will never even get into the part which says that the person who gave this supposed report, which is a one-page Word document. And in the world of click, pay-for-click advertising. And wrong names of supposed organizations that are connected to Trump. This is how the liberal media functions. As a sick prank, someone writes up this document, emails it to BuzzFeed, claims that they're a former British And John McCain officer, took responsibility for it. BuzzFeed runs with the story. There's another headline from a liberal waste of cyberspace. U.S. intelligence officials believe Russia has compromising information on Trump involving golden showers. No, no U.S. intelligence officials believe it. This is a fake news story from BuzzFeed, which they even admit has errors, and they don't even know the identity of the person who sent it to them. This is how the liberal media operates on the Internet today. Every story just keeps getting blown out of proportion even bigger. So it went from BuzzFeed, which admits that's a fake news story, but they ran with it anyway because they want to get the revenue and they want to get the traffic to their website. And then the Daily Beast picks it up with an even more incendiary headline. And then now Uprox says that the U.S. intelligence officials believe that it's true. No U.S. intelligence official has even commented on this. Here's a self-proclaimed investigative journalist for The Intercept, which continues to spread this hoax document by former intel dude claims russian intel has video of prostitutes performing golden showers for trump no it's not a former intel dude it's just nobody if you actually read the initial buzzfeed article they said they don't even know who the guy is countless liberals not only believe this hoax but many of them are turned on by it people like uh, the gay youtuber tyler oakley who tweeted out some emojis of golden showers this fake news story is spreading around the world. Here's the headline from the Sydney Morning Herald Tribune. Russia, quote, has compromising and salacious information on Donald Trump. Now they're saying that CNN is reporting it. CNN didn't report it. It's from BuzzFeed, you moron. The story may go so viral that CNN may actually report on it, and I wouldn't be surprised if people like Brian Stelter, Anderson Cooper, and Don Lemon engage in giving each other golden showers. It just as part of the investigation, of course. This is how fake news spreads through the Internet into the mainstream media. Yeah? Now let me tell you, when I learned of golden showers was back in 1986, when I took over a nightclub that was a bisexual, whatever, uh, punk rock joint, and the prior incarnation to it, I, I tried running it as that for about six months and gave up on that concept and turned it into something uh, that became a legend. Prior to the bisexual punk rock joint, it was called rainbows southeastern men's club and there was the loft that i turned into a vip lounge but up above in the loft so the very top room so this big house massive house and uh, so it's a circular stairwell in the middle and the top room of the house massive was the private lounge we put in but there was a stairwell upstairs and i thought it was more like a projection booth and then there was a urinal up there, so there was a bathroom. There was a toilet freestanding that you would poop in, no cover protection. And then there was a bathtub. Now, way naive to that world, I asked the manager of the punk rock joint that I took over. I inherited him. He didn't last very long. He had AIDS. Partner died of AIDS. 
and uh, David Wildman. Lee, can't remember Lee's name. So I asked him what the tub was all about. He said, well, uh, I don't know. It's called a golden shower. What do you do? Well, a guy would lay in the tub, and everybody would crowd around and pee on him. I said, well, that's supposed to be sexual? Or is that just a human being who is so self-degraded? And to find out that it that this thing has morphed into the heterosexual world is mind-blowing to me. Mind-blowing. I never thought I'd have to revisit that vision in my head of how people conduct themselves. Go on. A bottom-feeding website gets trolled, and they like the trolling. It's so disgusting and defamatory, it fits their agenda. So they publish a story about it, and then other websites start publishing stories, citing that initial fake story, burying at the bottom that, well, BuzzFeed reports it. Well, BuzzFeed even admitted that was fake. And then now we have people like CNN who are probably going to start giving each other golden showers on air uh, while they're covering the story. <laughs> I think I'd pay, if I had eyesight, I would pay oh, to see please. Don Lemon pissing on Anderson Cooper. They already do it. And, and then Megan Kelly say, come on, slap me around, Big Daddy. Oh, yeah, her too. I'm still waiting for the story to surface that they had of, of uh, Bill Clinton screwing Megan Kelly. I hope one day that that actually surfaces. Our motion is Islam is a religion of peace. And now to speak against the motion, Douglas Murray. He's a best-selling author and founder and director of the Center for Social Cohesion, also a citizen of the United Kingdom, uh, a member of the Church of England. Until recently, you, you said that your study of the Quran, you said this in print, made you an atheist. That's right. I said Muhammad well, made me an atheist. The, the uh, publisher said at the time that there's a pretty provocative headline. I said, well get somebody to do the next one. She said, um, I could find a Catholic who could say Mohammed made me a Catholic. I said, how about trying to make a three-part article and get the third one, somebody saying Mohammed made me a Jew. And that one would be the trouble. Douglas I mean, Murray, ladies and gentlemen. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. It's a great pleasure uh, to be here tonight. I'm sorry to make this panel rather Brit-centric after my uh, colleague Majid. This isn't an attempt by... Uh, us have a British takeover of the old colony or anything like that. Um, uh, but I was coming uh, earlier from my own uh, fallen empire, going um, back to my friend and colleague Ayan's comments earlier, and uh, I was um, reading the paper, as I'm sure what you were doing earlier today. Imagine it's been his comments by talking about the importance of changing paradigm. I'm not sure this is about paradigm. I think it's about facts. Here are some facts in my newspaper earlier. Um, the Times Square bomber, of course, a man just up the road from here who tried to kill thousands of people. Only, by the way, he didn't manage it because he set the 24-hour timing device to 7 a.m. instead of 7 p.m. 1,900 hours was what it was meant to be. Uh, if he had to have got that bit right, thousands of New Yorkers would have died 
earlier this year again. I see further in the paper um, 12 suspects arrested in France in a network trying to recruit people to go and fight American and other troops in Afghanistan. I turn to another page of the newspaper in the city I've just flown off from this morning, a Muslim London underground worker who was, uh, had written to his wife who's off to try to become a martyr for Allah, as he says. He says, more than anything, I wish Allah to grant me martyrdom. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we have to look at facts. We should also just quickly, if I may, refer something to the wording of tonight's debate. I haven't already mentioned this, but I mean, let me put it this way. You're, you're I'm sure, a liberal-minded New York audience, or at least I hope you are. Um, we'll see. Um, but uh, I imagine that if the motion we had here tonight was Christianity is a religion of peace, we get to the uh, Q&A, perhaps even before, and somebody would say, if the other side were arguing for that, somebody would say, uh, what about the Crusades? Hmm? What about that? All right, pause that? And then there'd be some other clever clogs who'd say, um, I, uh, what about that Florida... this talk when somebody says, what about the Crusades? The Crusades were not some effort uh, by the Knights Templar to go into the Middle East. The Crusades were an attack on Spain that had been completely run over by Islamists. Let's never forget the famous uh, man, Charles Martel, Frenchman who fought tooth and nail to get the Islamists out of France, out of Spain, out of Italy, out of Germany. You have to understand that the Turks, the Ottomans, had completely invaded Europe. So the Crusades, it's a total false story that these innocent Muslim living in the Middle East, were attacked to return the Holy Land back to Christendom. That's only a tenth of the story. The Muslims had completely invaded. They built their church, their mosques, right on top of the churches of the day. So when Charles Martel began the Crusades. It was to push them back to whence they came. That's a whole different story. And the idea beheading, no, and burning at the stake, these were the techniques that were learned by the Christians from the Muslims. These were their tactics. But there's something really sick inside of the liberal mind that they can't help but hate themselves. They can't help but hate their culture. And so even when a liberal gets his hands on a book, he's going to so bend it out of proportion and make heroes out of people who are just human and not heroic. But I guess that's their way of balancing the scales. But I always grew up believing. I just accepted. The Crusades were this. The Crusades were, were Christians having apeshit, doing a holy war on the, the Middle East. Not true at all. So we can go on. You are here? Yeah, I like the guy. But, you, you know, when people just 
bandy around the Crusades as if it's white guys going ape shit. Would you prefer not to hear it? No, we'll finish. Pastor the other week. That was a nasty business. That's Christianity for you. If we'd had uh, tonight, Judaism is a religion of peace. The other side were trying to argue that. Sure as anything, there'd be people popping up in the hall tonight saying, oh, there's this uh, bit in one of the Old Testament books, really, really bad. Uh, all sorts of massacres going on. Why don't you talk about that? There might even be people trying to say that, uh, that, uh, religion, uh, that the argument that Judaism was a religion of peace couldn't be argued because people would say, look at what Israel is doing. It isn't that a direct response, and so on. So let's not have a debate about Islam and whether or not Islam is a religion of peace without talking about the facts to do with Islam. It's an absurd situation we're in where nothing that anyone does whilst being Muslim is any responsibility of Islam. Yet anything anyone does whilst being a Christian or a Jew is responsibility of all Christians, all Jews. Let's make this as, as, as straightforward as I can. Take the categorization that eminent scholars like Bernard Lewis, Ibn Warak have made. Let's say Islam is a very, very complex thing. Uh, and the best way I can do this in the very short time I have is say you have three Islams. Islam 1, 2, and 3. Islam 1, the Quran and the life of Muhammad uh, and the Hadith. Islam 2, the tradition of the Sharia. Islam 3, what Muslims do now. The first of those things, Islam, the Quran, and so on, is bad. It is bad. There is a lot of violence in it. And what's worse, the peaceful verses are superseded by the violent verses. The violent verses also, sadly, are more numerous in number. Then you've got the life of Muhammad. Again, a bad man. A very bad man, it has to be said. Not a great role model, if you look at it. Uh, it takes child brides, abuses a small girl, uh, multiple wives, uh, himself a warrior, himself a war criminal, himself beheads uh, uh, Jews. Uh, this, I would have thought, would be a signal of not great peacefulness. Um, then you've got the tradition of the uh, Sharia. Again, not great peacefulness. Still, no schools of Sharia that would want to submit to. And thirdly, what Muslims do now, thankfully, there is some hope in that one. Because most Muslims, thank goodness, I almost said thank God, but uh, <laughs> old habits die hard. Um, uh, most Muslims don't do what those texts say um, because they exercise their judgment of moral beings without having to refer to defunct holy books. Now look, I wish that uh, Zebra and Majid uh, were the spokespeople of Islam. It would be lovely. In this case, it would have taken rather too long if everyone had to go for 14 years preaching the downfall of America and then said, no, not so much. <laughs> but well, we, well, we are where we are. Uh, anyhow, I wish they spoke for Islam. It would be great. Uh, but the fact is that tonight, the organizers of this debate asked a number of clerics. None of them would show. Specifically, they wouldn't show and debate against Diane Hirsi Ali. Uh, myself, I don't think they cared. But... Um, <laughs> But, uh, but, uh, but no, it's very interesting that they will not debate time and again. Muslim, the actual leaders of your religion will not debate this. And you're left with people like we have here. The reason why is, of course, is that the leaders of the religion show such terrible, uh, uh, terrible lessons. It's not a small thing. It's not as it were a detail. It's not like a wacky Florida pastor that you've got the largest Sunni state of Saudi Arabia. No, it's so we'll continue this at our next show. We'll begin here. We'll start this all over again. Thank you for listening. You're 
I am Propaganda Hitman. Wheels of Steel is on the Wheels of Steel. She works extremely hard at the blog. Hours today with a technical malfunction. And uh, don't forget to support the products on the store. Pre-probiotics for blood types B, excuse me, O, A, B, and A, B. Along with Cipright T. Be well. Bye con Dios. Till our paths meet again.